Before we start this episode, okay, we low-key started, but we want to go back and re-record <laughs> it because we forgot to do this, and I've been meaning to do it for a long time. We owe a shout-out to our boy, Seth Meadows. Is that how you say it? Seth Ooh, Meadows. What's up, right? <laughs> Yo, he is listening all the way from Hudsonville, Hudsonville, Michigan. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Never been to Hudsonville. But you know what? I'm going to try to make my way up there and at least shake your hand, homie. We appreciate you listening to the huddle. We ain't got but like 14 fans. And so the fact that you are listening all the way from Michigan means a lot to me. And I hope that you are not just listening, but you are blessed by this podcast. You want to say something, Austin? Let me just say you're a real one, man. I'm going to be up there. You know, I'm boys with Abe, so I'm going to definitely dap you up after it's society, like, reasonable to do so. Hope you don't have a mask on so I can actually see your face. But, man, you are a real one. You're the first, one of our first fans. Right. Of the huddle. Of the huddle. Man. In Michigan. Favorite, bro, is God, God is looking down on you, Seth, man. And he's just like, that's my guy right there. Yo, Seth, if you see in the bio that we are global, just know that you inspired me. Because if we got somebody in Michigan, <laughs> can we say we global? I mean, we're nationwide right now nationwide <laughs> is on our side come on come on it's a word they already knew seth we appreciate you homie keep listening we hope that we're being a blessing to you if you want go ahead and write us send us an email at kocs the huddle at gmail.com that is kocs the huddle at gmail.com or you can go to the website at www.kingdomovercastles.com and leave us a comment in the contact us spot and we will definitely get back to you thanks again man you're a blessing to us and we hope that we are a blessing to you god bless But now we are actually moving. Oh, yeah. We're doing stuff. Uh, so, what's up? Man, you know, it's just we're still in quarantine. I'm just chilling. I'm here to have a good conversation, man. Me too. Um, before we get into the conversation, there are some things that we both like to say, um, hear us out on. And if you're just listening to the first time or for the first time, Hear Me Out is just a segment where we get to rant, um, complain, and then get convicted later. Or just basically speak what's on our heart, what's on our mind. And then we work through that stuff. And so here is the first segment, Hear Me Out. And um, honestly, what I want to say right now for this past week, it has been, or two weeks since we recorded, it has been hard. It's been up and down. Um, just losing uh, people who you've admired. Um, that's never easy. And then, but, but then the up parts is just like getting into my word and, and really... Um, seeking God, um, getting revelation. So it's just been a, a, a bunch of mixed feelings over this past few weeks. And honestly, man, I don't know how I feel anymore. <laughs> I well, don't. I'll tell you how I feel, man. So I was on Facebook today, right? Mm-hmm. And you know the memories on Facebook. Oh, you, know the, you know the memories on Facebook, right? Yeah. Okay, so they're pretty, they're pretty cool. Sometimes they're a little cringy. But yeah. I came across one today, and it was from one of my homies. Good dude, good dude, man. Mm-hmm. But he did a little, to be honest, he said, to be honest, man, you're one of the coolest people I've ever met. You're really good at football, and you're the whitest black person I know. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, bro. That really just, like, kind of grinded my gears a little bit. 
And like, I was just like, the whitest black, what does that even mean? The whitest black person. But, you know, like I said, he was one of my homies. I knew he didn't mean it in a bad way. And what I really think the issue was, was what I like to call a generational stereotype. And those are real. And the reason why is because you really don't know me or we really don't know them. And so what we have to do is tell people to allow me to introduce myself. popular saying allow me to reintroduce myself i say allow me to introduce myself i wouldn't have to reintroduce myself if you mm-hmm. would give me the opportunity to first introduce who i am mm-hmm. instead of coming up with your guess of who you think i am um of what you think i should be how you think i should walk how you think right. i should talk allow me to tell you that allow mm-hmm. me to tell you who i am so why do you think that people have this preconception about who you are before they even meet you um like why don't they give you the opportunity naturally to introduce yourself it's like you want to come and introduce yourself and say this is who i am this is what i'm made of this is where i'm from but you know i think we'd be fools to say that people don't already have an idea of who they think will be before we get the opportunity to actually show them you know what i mean right And I think the reason that people do that is the mission of this entire ministry, which is the wall has not been torn down. Mm. And so when you have a wall in between you and the other person, all you can do is hear, but you can't see. And so I heard that you were like this. I heard that you handled situations like this, but I never did see you because we had this wall of separation, whether it's racial stands, whether it's political stands, uh, different religions. We had this wall in between us and that thing was never torn down, which is what we're here to do, KOC represent. That wall was never (laughs) torn down. And so I just came up with who I thought you were. Wow. So it's like a a box. Yes. We we put people in boxes, man. Yes. Um, I'll tell you just from personal experience, I've been put in a number of people have attempted to put me in in boxes growing up. Just being um, an African American male uh, in America, um, I feel like growing up, I was always like you know put in this box of an athlete. Um, I'll even go on to say somebody who was ghetto. And granted, I was not these things, Mm -hmm. but um, initially people expected me to be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, What sport do you play is typically one of the first questions I'll get, like um, based on my outward appearance, like, oh, you look like a football player or you look like and it can come off as a compliment. And sometimes it can be a genuine compliment. But um, what people don't know is on the inside that I have a passion to learn, Mm -hmm. I have a passion for conversation, deep thinking. Right. Stuff like that, but right. you don't see that from the outside. Right. Right. And so when you meet me, um, a lot of times, like what I experienced growing up is that I went against the grain as far as um, what people expected me to be like. And uh, I, 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 had, I had questions, you know, like, why do you talk white? And, um, you know, I didn't know how to answer that when I was young. It was just one of those things where I was like, huh, I don't know what that really means. And so I had to ask myself, mm-hmm. what does talking white mean? And if you Google 
White. The definition of white, mm-hmm. it's a color. Right. You can't talk a color. Oh, you talk you talk green, bro. You talk red. You know, it really doesn't make sense when you say it that way. Or you talk black. Like, it's a color. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized and when I just sat and thought with that was there's really only two ways you can talk. You can talk like you're educated or you can talk like you're not educated. Mm-hmm. And what some people call, you know, ghetto or whatever. But um, that was one things that I, one of the things I struggle with coming up is just like how people's thought processes, they expect me to talk uneducated based on my color, based on like an outward appearance. And, uh, and when I did not speak that way, you know, it was like, oh, you talk white. You know, I was like, no, 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 I don't think I talk white. I think I talk educated. Mm-hmm. I talk like, you know, I have had the opportunity to go to school and be taught how to speak well. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so, like I said earlier, when I was thinking about it, I don't think it came from a place of um, uh, of malicious intent or anything like that. But I think it just came from like generational stereotypes, stereotypes that people have developed through the years about certain people. And I don't yeah. even want to just put it on black people. But now it's about to get good. Okay, um, have to pause and pray because I forgot to do that. Wow, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful leadership, LA. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the question? Sorry. So I just asked, like, what is your take on labels? Um, okay, so labeling, I think, is when you don't know what it is and you just, like, put... Like, okay, so, like, if I'm moving and instead mm-hmm. of actually assigning or calling each thing that I put in the box by its name, I'll just say fragile. But mm-hmm. I never told you that it was glass. I never told you that it was paper. I never told you that it was an old book that could be destroyed. Mm-hmm. I just put fragile on the box. Um, but you said something about, like, just how people judge us by how we speak i think a lot of it and and this is just my honest opinion having grown up both sides okay so for people listening i'm born and raised in detroit and then i moved to florida and mm-hmm. i've been here for what, almost 10 years and um so i've seen both sides culturally mm-hmm. i've seen i've lived in an urban city and then i've lived in a, a diverse area um and predominantly caucasian american area mm-hmm. but so you were saying earlier, like, um, how people can judge based on how you talk or, like, being told that you speak white or whatever. I've heard that, too, and that's bothered me, too. But I did have to... Is that loud? Oh, sorry. But I did have to give grace to, to people who say that because I don't think it's necessarily always them saying because you talk educated that you talk white. But I can truly say that there is a difference in tone. Yes, absolutely. There's a difference. Just like how we can tell a person that they talk country. Mm-hmm. They're still talking English, but they have a country accent. There is a different tone. Or just like how we can tell somebody that they talk Southern. Mm-hmm. It's still a, 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 a Southern slang that they have. And so it's not, I don't think it's always, it, it does sound ignorant, but I don't think it's always from malicious intent. Because I can mm-hmm. tell you, I've had friends that we've we've grown up in the inner city of Detroit. We went to school. And when, when some of them would, like, move and go to the suburbs and come back, they did sound different. Mm-hmm. They just, it was a different <laughs> sound. It wasn't that they weren't pronunci- pronunciating their words correctly. They just had a different tone. They just, it was just a different way that they talk. So I don't think it was always just, like, um, race. Now, for people who, who do speak that, it is annoying. Because you're like, because I know how to read, but I I can see both sides because people say like, um, and I know this isn't you, but some people say like, uh, you talk white 
But then I have to rebuttal that and say, well, then what is talking ghetto? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if yeah, we're yeah, both yeah. pronouncing, if we're both saying our words correctly, is ghetto blunt? Like, is ghetto because we don't stall with sentences? You know, and just for me being from the North, just like people will say, oh, you're rude. Or, or from the South, oh, you're super nice. It's, we're just from different people or mm-hmm. from different areas. And so I think a lot of the gen, uh, generational stereotypes, like I say, is because we haven't torn down that wall and we don't see the differences in us. There are mm-hmm. differences. And we'd be crazy to say that we're all the same. We're not the same. Yeah. And we have to respect the differences. And a lot of it, when people do label stuff, it's just them trying to understand Mm -hmm. or be understood. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, That was my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not once did I ever, you know, not want to be who I was. Right. As far as being an African-American male. Right. But I did want to be understood. I wanted to be um, who I was. And that was different. You know, I, I was different than what a lot of people had seen coming up like mm-hmm. you know i would hear things like oh you're not like other black people i've met mm-hmm. and i i love that like i don't want to be like anyone else mm-hmm. you know and and i never wanted to put myself in a in a box yeah and i knew that mm-hmm. you know the people who oftentimes said stuff like that to me were my closest friends mm-hmm. you know so i knew that they didn't mean it in a negative way but it did make me feel weird like like mm-hmm. i was just like an alien or some or, or something and um, you know, just like I said earlier, as I began to think about these things, it was like you said, um, people just want to understand. Yes. And um, and I think in our pursuit to understand people, um, we just have to really think about what we say mm-hmm. and how other people can receive it. That. You know, um, and, and like I said earlier, like it's not just a black and white thing, but it's even just how sometimes we perceive like our Asian brothers and sisters or um, our Mexican brothers and sisters, like how we oftentimes just have these preconceptions in our heads about how they should talk or how they should, you know, carry themselves or whatever based on things we've seen or heard. And we don't allow them the opportunity to, um, you know, introduce themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, and I don't mean this in like a racist way at all, but when most people see somebody um, of an Asian ethnicity, they expect them to speak a certain way. Right. Like just right. Just based on like your experiences and right. stuff like that. Right. And so if they speak differently, it's like, oh wait, you speak so and so way for an Asian person. Mm-hmm. And just think about how it makes them feel. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, am I supposed to speak this certain mm-hmm. way because because of how I look? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think it's just cultural differences. Like, you know, somebody of a different race who was brought up in America, um, is probably going to talk different than somebody who was brought up in their native country. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But all that to just say, I think that we can't put people in boxes. Mm -hmm. And as humans, we love to put people, things, situations in boxes, and we don't allow anyone to be complex. Right. We don't allow anyone to, like, be beyond our our conception, like, beyond our understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think when we can get to a point, man, where we can look at somebody and just say, they are a very interesting person. Yeah. I don't even have to put a label on them. Yeah. All I can say is that they're good in character. They're nice. You know, there's certain adjectives um, that we can say about people that do not label them and, or put them in a box. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think someone's saying someone's nice or, you know, uh, very kind or whatever. 
the case is you can say things to identify a person that builds them up right. and doesn't like confine them to what you have the image you have in your head mm-hmm. yeah so it's so what are some like generational stereotypes that you had to I don't want to say overcome but like just that you felt like you had to prove were not you um man uh as far as education goes that's where I saw a lot of it at school mm-hmm. so for me um being I don't I wasn't a straight A student but I was an A and B student pretty much all throughout high school that's something I always felt like I had to prove mm-hmm. that I was smart that I could learn mm-hmm. that I could excel in in academics um I could pay attention I wasn't a class clown because I noticed like just from my experience that's how they expected wow. um me to be and as you know from our relationship I am very very goofy mm-hmm. but that is only in certain situations in school right. I made sure that I was on it I listened I was um, respectful that was one thing mm-hmm. it was almost like teachers expected me to be disrespectful to them mm-hmm. and because of how I was raised um, I was taught to be respectful to anyone in authority right so it was right. it was weird for them to uh, you know see somebody that looked like me be respectful and kind to them and listen which bothered me too they'd be like oh your kids are so nice and it's a compliment but it's almost like you didn't expect it mm-hmm. like it was a surprise to you that I would be respectful and nice mm-hmm. and so rather than um, lash out and be like okay I'm gonna be who you wanted me to be and be disrespectful I continued to fight and be who I knew I was regardless right. of if you thought I was gonna be that way or not if that mm-hmm. makes sense so just like being respectful um I mean, even being an athlete, too, like, that was one of the things people kind of just expect you to be good at, and truth be told, I was, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was, right. like, I was pretty That fired. just happened to but, be, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, that's just something, too, that I always wonder, like, if I wasn't good at this, would they still give me this attention? Right. Would they still see me as this valuable? Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if I couldn't show them something physically, like doing something with my, my body physically, you know, would they sit down long enough to understand what's in my brain, in my mind? Because it's just as bright. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me personally, man, it was just overcoming um, stereotypes of just, even I'll say even how I treat women. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've gone through some things. Uh, I mean, if we're going to be 110% real, um, I've gone through situations of girls I've been interested in, their father is not not um you know approving of me mm-hmm. without even meeting me mm-hmm. um that's happened on a number of occasions where you know i'd be interested in a girl i think it's going to go somewhere and i'm the type of guy that i want to ask her father for permission her, per, for permission to, right. you know to date her take her out and stuff like that and it would never get to that point because of my skin mm. um and i could never figure that out you know mm. it would always get to this conversation of I'm sorry, like, my my dad just doesn't agree with, like, mm-hmm. me dating black guys. Mm. And so my thing was I never looked at myself as just a black guy. I looked at myself as a respectful young man who respects women, right. who, um, you know, is an educated young man as well, who could take good care of your daughter. That's how I saw myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that because of me looking a certain way, that would prevent me from just being who I was. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you, that hurt 
me. Of course. Because I was like, what is it about me that somebody doesn't even want to get the opportunity to get to know me? Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you just sat with me for a couple minutes, I could show you who I am. I could prove to you that I'd be better to your daughter than any other guy that you would choose mm-hmm. is how I felt. And so, you know, that was a lot of my my driving force with just success and being my you know the best version of myself because for a long time that hurt me and I thought there was something wrong with me you know like mm-hmm. dang because I'm just because I'm black is I, I you know I'm looked at a certain way you know and I know that people like you said people just grow up differently and, and whatever but yeah I think that a lot of that came from generational stereotypes yeah you know and it's scary to change it's scary to embrace something different mm-hmm. and, and to and to see someone different and so I just I felt like it's a conversation like we can get through a lot of these things if we just have conversations man mm-hmm. because I truly believe it's the heart of God for unity and I don't just mean unity in an all black community together all white community together all Asian but I mean unity to where all people of all races and mm-hmm. and all nations can come together I think that is that's the heart of God that's God's design um, but we get so comfortable because we have unity within our own with people who look like us right that's the goal yes but we want unity with everyone everybody and so that was me man i just granted i I think there's beauty in the differences in culture um i think there's beauty in the differences in dialect and Mm -hmm. and that's what makes us unique Mm -hmm. but i don't think that should the beauty of that should not be the thing that isolates us either or puts us in our own boxes of you know just black people or just white people or just asian or just mexican you know i think that God put us here so that we could experience each other, mm-hmm. you know, and and experience the beauty of different cultures and, and things like that. Like, you know, there's some people who are like, man, I love Puerto Rican. Because yeah. it's, 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 what do they call it, foreign? Mm-hmm. You know, and people love, like, stuff mm-hmm. that's foreign because there's beauty in it. They're mm-hmm. different. So, yeah. I don't know. And, and just learning not to down the differences. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. don't down the differences that someone has. Just because they're different from you, that doesn't make them less than. Mm-hmm. And there is, um, because that's really what racism is. And it's not just a white on black thing. It's 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 yeah. all across the board. Yeah, all across the but board. But I think that just learning not to down the differences. That's mm-hmm. where racism is born from, is downing the differences or this false narrative that you're superior to someone else. And you're mm-hmm. really not. Um, but... Uh, with with these, I mean, there's obviously like the 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 racial generational things, but then there's also like generational stereotypes in family, mm-hmm. you know, yep. because some people feel like this is how our family has always done things, and so like this is what you will be, and and you don't especially. This conversation is great because right now in this quarantine, we have an opportunity to change the path that we're on and really mm-hmm. seek God for our path and our way and our assignment because mm-hmm. it's not going to look the same. You know, you're not, I don't believe that we're put on this earth to just follow in the line of everything that the family has done. And that works both positive and negatively yeah. because a lot of times mm-hmm. we think like generational stereotypes are just negative. There could be mm-hmm. some positive generational stereotypes. Like there's some positive things that your family did that you're not called to be mm-hmm. or you're yeah. not called to do. You know, Absolutely. like we see people, 
in college, a lot of people studied to take over the family business without ever consulting God like on what their purpose is. Mm. That was the family's business, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. Mm. Or in ministry, you might have people who come from, and we both come from families of ministry, and yeah. it worked for us, but that's not the case for everybody. Like mm. everybody's not that I'm not a pastor. You, you never know what the future holds, but some people come from that line of like, oh, we're all pastors. We're going to start grooming you at 12 to be what the rest of us are. And you never give that person room to, to say, no, that's a stereotype. Mm-hmm. And let me go and seek God for what he has for me. Yeah, man. I, th- I think that goes uh, back to what we uh, talked about in one of the other podcasts of just letting go of our plans for people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our, we have a lot of plans for each other. We have a lot of plans for people that we don't know. Right. You know, we have, it's so funny, man. We have plans for people that we admire in society. Mm-hmm. You know, like certain musicians or certain um, athletes, mm-hmm. we have plans for them to join our team. Mm-hmm. You know, we have plans for them to release an album every year. Mm-hmm. You know, we have all these plans because we think we know how their story is going to end or mm-hmm. where their story is going to go. And um, and we really don't know. It's very prideful. It's very selfish of us to um, to put those expectations on people, even if they don't know that we put them on them. Right. You know, and right. uh, one of the songs, man, that... Um, has really just been on my heart lately is a song called People by Jonathan McReynolds. I love that song. And uh, yes, man, it's so good. And uh, one of the things he talks about in, in that is just asking God to deliver him from people. Mm-hmm. He said they are the best and the worst you've created. They're so opinionated. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like People are beautiful. People are awesome. We can't thrive without each other. But on the other end, we can be so cruel to each other mm-hmm. because we put expectations on each other and 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 so we get into a place where we're now fighting for the approval of one another when really we should just be fighting for the approval of God which we already have in Christ right um and just appreciate each other like if we got to the point where we knew we were just appreciated we didn't have to fight for their approval mm-hmm. but they appreciated appreciated the differences anyway right um man i think that would take so much weight off of our backs because mm-hmm. one of the big weights on our back is just pleasing other people that's why decisions are so hard you know because we we think about and this can be good and bad you obviously want to think about other people when making a decision if it's going to benefit the other people mm-hmm. but sometimes we get to a place where we let the thoughts of other people paralyze us yeah and it's simply just because we want to be approved of mm-hmm. um so i don't know man we just have to let go of our plans for people and let the people we love know that it's okay to be different. It's okay to do something that we've never seen before mm-hmm. that we didn't think about if God is leading you that way. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, he has an assignment for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes we get so caught up in trying to, um, finish someone else's assignment but that's not what god called us to do he called us to our work and you might be called to do something similar but like at least seek god and at least pray and and talk to god first yeah you know that's i think that's important um when i when i when we were talking about this or when we brought this topic up of just like generational uh stereotypes because we've talked about you know racial stereotypes we've talked about family stereotypes but I think that also in the body of Christ, we have stereotypes mm-hmm. as far as what the church should look like or how a person yeah. should be mm-hmm. um, or what their ministry should look like. Mm-hmm. And we have not yet all the way embraced that there are going to be some people who are different. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some ministries who are different. 
one thing I've learned in the past few years is that every ministry does not have to be catered to, to me mm. or tailored to me. Like there are so many people in the body of Christ and there's so many people who are lost that that I was having a, a conversation with Kavika the other day and we were talking about how um, how growing up in church, we couldn't see ministry or people operating in ministry that looked like us, mm. that looked like not necessarily the color of our skin, but like but that that exemplified or represented who we were as a people. Mm. For instance, I grew up in church. And so like my father was a pastor. Um, my uncle is a pastor. I've had, you know, come from a long line of church. Mm-hmm. And I used to low key like be like, I'm never going to be in ministry <laughs> because if it means that I have to wear a robe or a clergy, like it's too hot. I'm not able to do this. I'm certainly not able to do afternoon service. I feel yeah. like if we did it once, why well, we got to come back at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see where I was represented in that. But then as I grew in Christ and I started to seek God for myself, I was like, wait a minute. I have a gift for the arts. I love communications. So I can actually, this can be ministry. Mm. Like this can be, and it's different from what people in my family have done. And thankfully I come from a family that supports and prays for it. And, but sometimes the stereotype is like, if you're going to be in ministry, you have to preach like this and you have to preach for 45 minutes and sweat and wear a robe. And like, that's not everybody's thing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And we just have to remember the things that we sing about, pray about and read about in the Bible. Yes. God doing a new thing. True. And some of us want God to do the new thing our old way mm-hmm. like as long you can do a new thing as long as it looks like the old thing mm-hmm. and um and i think that like with all this stuff man god is continually doing things that you know no ear has heard no eye has seen mm-hmm. neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that god is god is doing mm-hmm. the people that god is bringing up mm-hmm. you know the ministries mm-hmm. that god that god is is calling forward it's a new thing. And so we have to be so fluid with the spirit to say that, you know, I've trust and believe that God's God knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, I don't have to help God identify his work. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think we take it, we take it upon ourselves to say that this is from God or this is not of God because it doesn't look like what we've been used to. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't mean that it's not from God. Maybe he... Maybe he's doing the very thing that you were singing about, mm-hmm. a new thing, and you haven't seen it yet. And so, um, you know, it's just different right now. Mm-hmm. But I've seen, you know, with a lot of the new ministries that that are, you know, thriving right now, um, of course, TC Nation, Trans- Mike Todd, if you hear this, you know, Mickey Mike, I love you, bro. Mike, if you but, hear this, please subscribe. <laughs> yeah, please do, man. Honestly, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyways, um, but like ministries like Transformation Church, are so different mm-hmm. you know when was the last time you know we you you thought about older people thought about somebody wearing jordans to church mm-hmm. you know it's that's blasphemy that that is just a hypocrisy right there to wear if you wore jeans to church man mm-hmm. you were you were getting burned at the state according the to their standard yes like their standard yes and now People just, you know, you come as you are, mm-hmm. literally. You come as you are. You get to dress how you want to dress, and that's different for some people. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful thing. It's opened up the doors for those who typically wouldn't come in the church, who didn't have a three-piece suit to wear, mm-hmm. and, and that's why they didn't come to church. Now those people can come in mm-hmm. because God is doing a new thing that says, I'm inviting everyone in. Mm-hmm. And um, so like you said about just 
generational stereotypes in ministry or whatever, um, I think that is another wall that God is continually breaking down. Um, ministry is not always going to be full walls, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a church building. Mm-hmm. I think ministry is turning into, like you said, he's reaching people through the arts. He's reaching people through music a lot more now. Right. Um, and not just gospel music, but like rap music that is gospel centered. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's like that. tailored to the, to the person that they're trying to reach to their target audience. Um, because like, even with this one thing that like really bothers me is when people complain about like our generation. So what do they say? Mm-hmm. Millennials or whatever. You hear a lot of people like, Oh, you guys are lazy. You guys don't want to work for anything. You guys don't. And I don't think that's true at all. What I think the problem is, we have just figured out a simpler way of doing things. Mm-hmm. We have taken, we, we don't complicate a lot of things that were complicated for years. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, and, and it's not because there are some people in their generation who didn't complicate things. But I think the respect and the, 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 um, the issue, not respect, but the issue is when we just generalize everybody mm-hmm. and we say, like, because there are some people who will down this ministry. Who will say mm-hmm. this is a ministry? Like y'all didn't have organs, y'all didn't have tambourines, y'all didn't mm-hmm. sing hymns before you started. Like now, yes, we forgot to pray, but we paused and we said our <laughs> prayer. But like, <laughs> there's 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 a difference that I think people have that should just be respected. That's really what it boils down to for mm-hmm. me personally. It's just respect. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when you are stereotyping someone, you're no longer respecting them. Mm-hmm. You can't be at the same time. Absolutely, man. And it's really quite simple, like you said. You know, Jesus said in um, John thirteen thirty five, I believe that, you know, people will be will be able to identify you mm-hmm. by how you love one another. Mm-hmm. And I think when we begin to generalize and stereotype um, our brothers and sisters, we're no longer loving them like mm-hmm. Jesus wanted to, because love is patient. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that the Bible the Bible says love is is patient. Mm-hmm. And if we're not patient enough to get to know and understand, you know, our brothers and sisters or whatever it is going on, I don't think we're really operating in love. Mm-mm. We're not. Uh, and um, I think the big thing, the big takeaway for me at least, is to not generalize. Like you said, don't put a blanket over anyone or really anything. There are some truths that stand and things will shake. And so you'll see what's real. But give it time. Mm-hmm. You know, give it time. And I think as far as people go, you should never ever put a blanket on someone. No, because even people who don't who do things that we don't agree with, it's always deeper than the surface. Mm-hmm. And if you're loving people, then you try to get to the good things and always see the good in people. Mm-hmm. See what's really going on with somebody. Like, yeah, they might be rude, but maybe they were getting you know beat at home or something. Yeah, and that they didn't want to be rude, but yeah. you know, they just had something else going on. And if you generalize them and you just stereotype them then you'll never really get to know who that person is or really help them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no and blankets over here. No Snuggie. <laughs> no Snuggies. <laughs> it's easy. Do people still buy Snuggies? I don't know. I They're mean, just, everybody's on the weighted blanket game. Come on, if you got a weighted blanket. Weighted blanket. That'll that. have you late for something. <laughs> Snuggies were just backwards bathrobes. I know. But I'm not judging. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Before we move on. <laughs> yeah. Question. So, we've talked about, you know, looking the past generations Mm -hmm. what happens to the generation that comes behind us because I think we would all agree that every generation that we've seen 
has looked at the one behind him coming up behind him and they go, oh my God, what are they doing right now? Mm-hmm. You look at our parents with our grandparents. Mm-hmm. Our parents come up through 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, they're buck wild, free love, all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And our grandparents were shaking their heads, you know. Right. And then they come out of us and now they have us and we're this tech age where our parents are looking at us and going, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. like as they pointed out, man, you're so lazy, you're not doing anything, you're sitting around, this or that. And already, I'll admit, I, I feel like I'm not even allowed to say this, is like I already feel pressure of becoming the next generation and looking back at younger siblings or nieces and nephews, and I'm like, they're a completely different breed. Like, it's 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 something completely new. And I mean, it's, it's a never-ending cycle, I feel like. But I just, what would be your take to look back, because I think we can all agree we've lost a lot of respect just in human interaction, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we've come a long ways. I mean, like you guys are talking, I mean, just just the fact that we can have the conversations we're having right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And, but then to look at how much we've lost as well. How do we how do we take up a generation behind us? And luckily, none of us have been forced into that <laughs> against our will yet. But, uh, but when it comes time for that, how do we how do we help our sons and daughters to step up into their own rightful... Um, I don't know what the right word is, uh, calling that, that God has put on their life, but also try and pass down those morals that our grandparents gave to us, that their grandparents gave to them, those, those good morals and stuff like that. How do we do that without constricting their individuality? That's really good. So, our, so just so that I'm understanding, you're saying how do we, as this generation, looking forward... How do we um, basically steward over the next generation? How do we make yeah. sure that they're going after the things that God called them to, but also not straying away from the thing? It just reminds me of the, the scripture that says, train up a child in the way it should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Um, for me, a lot of what, in my experiences, um, has worked for me is I operated based off of what I saw. So when it came to standards, you know, my standards came from what was presented to me from my parents and from my village, people who were around me. So, like, I never saw them disrespect authority. I never saw them disrespect one another. So I think um, just allowing them to and encouraging them to still seek the Lord for their purpose, but also showing them respect, showing them what. Setting the example. Right. Setting the example. Mm -hmm. That's where it is for me. And um, for me, I, I think it goes along with that. But even making it a little bit more simple is just the word. Mm-hmm. The word was, the word is, and the word will be. It was here before um, we got here. It's here now, and it'll be here when we're gone. Yep. And that's the thing that has kept, I know, my family solid, um, and it'll keep you know, all families who stand on it solid mm-hmm. because all the morals and stuff that we go by are biblically based. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the truths that I know that those are the truths that um, that keep us grounded, that keep us morally sound, uh, and those are just the things that God has said about us, the way that we should treat each other, mm-hmm. and those things don't change. Right. Um, and so I think things change around us constantly. The way that we do things, what we do, changes, but mm-hmm. what we stand on should never change. That's right. And as long as you're raising up your kids, um, based on what the the good book says, I think you're good. Because I mean, I think it'd be foolish to not acknowledge how with the freedoms and with not putting blankets on things, we're also 
you know, treading treading lightly on going against the word. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's getting to the point where, like, now we're getting away from a standard at all in the world. Right. Right. But I think for us, it's um, it's important for us to embrace individuality, but also not stray from the word in doing so. Mm-hmm. Like stand on what God says about things, but also don't let society put you in a box as mm-hmm. far as expressing who you are. Like mm-hmm. so. And when I word. and when I because um, I had this conversation the other day when it was when we were talking about this. Uh, and I was saying how, remember earlier I stated how like I didn't see a ministry that looked like me or blah, blah, blah. It's not until you surrender to God and to what his plan is for you. Because mm-hmm. a lot, you know, we say this and it sounds good like, oh, I have to find myself. You really don't. You're mm-hmm. already found. You mm-hmm. just have to surrender to who God called you to be. Yeah. Like you are already found. Um, you know, the word tells us that when we come to, to Christ, we are a new creation. You just got to mm-hmm. figure out what that is, what God mm-hmm is calling you to be and it's really just surrendering to it mm-hmm. and you'll find oftentimes that like your purpose and your assignment was already attached to you and yeah. you, you've you already been doing that in some way um, so it's really just surrendering to, to what God has for you mm-hmm. I never want to put the false narrative out there you just go out there and do what you want to do and mm-hmm. do what's comfortable to you because your calling is not comfortable your assignment is not comfortable purpose right. is not comfortable but it is a result to submitting to Christ you know, mm-hmm. that's where you get that assignment from. It reminds me of Nehemiah when he went to go and rebuild the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Jerusalem. He prayed first mm-hmm. and asked God for permission to go. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that prayer, he was released to go. You know, he went to the king and then he found favor with the king. And I love that story because it just goes to show you that your assignment and your purpose, it's always going to take prayer first. It's always God is never going to call you to something that you can do without him. Yeah, like it's impossible. So it's always going to be you seeking the Lord first. And then there's always favor attached to it. Mm. And and the assignment, that story is so good because a lot of times we think that we go into the purpose and the things that God calls us or we're, we're changing the generation. And like it's hard the way we grew up. So I'm going to do it this way and it's, it's going to be easier. That's not the case. When you walk after the things that God call you uh, to, it's still going to be a test. Although yeah. Nehemiah found favor, when they were building, it got to the point where the builders had to slow down and they were building with one hand and a weapon in the other hand because they were being attacked for being obedient. Mm. So like there's and that goes to show you that even in your assignment, you're going to have troubles. Even in your assignment, you're going to have trials, mm. but it's designed so that you can constantly have to lean on Christ. And that's where, um, you know, with the next generation, it's important for us to still stress like pray. Mm. Seek the Lord and understand that it's still going to be hard. Don't try to recreate your life because what you saw was hard and you want to live this life that's easy. Okay, cool. I know you want some stuff to be better. Of course, I want things to be better than what I experienced growing up. But that doesn't mean it's going to be easier. Yeah. So just like encouraging, I'm saying all that to say like have people or encourage the next generation to constantly seek the Lord. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Read your word. Read your word. And as far as like, because I know every generation complains about the next generation, and it's really hard. Because there are some things now that people younger than me do that I don't <laughs> understand. Like I, me personally, I'm not against people who who do that, but like the whole TikTok fad, it's just not me. <laughs> okay, I'm guilty of that. I'm not gonna. Lie. It's funny, and I'm not saying it's corny. <laughs> it's funny. It's hilarious. I'm just not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, I'm just not gonna do. Uh, what's the little maybe go give me something I'm I'm not that's not my you know and I don't I can't hate it because there was some stuff that I did that wasn't you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying and so it's just like in high school 
I hated math, right? But I had to take math to graduate. And once I graduated, I didn't go burn the school down because somebody else behind me needed math. And so, yeah. like, don't graduate and burn the school down. So, like, don't <laughs> don't be that adult that, like, gets out of the, your silly days and they want to cancel silliness for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, why should yeah. they not have fun? You have fun. Yeah. That's like, true. you get what I'm saying? I think as long as they're in the guidelines and, and lined up with what the word says, and even if somebody should stray, don't judge them because we strayed. The only difference is mm-hmm. their straying is on film, ours isn't. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go back to, and I'm the end of that generation, but when I was in middle school, there wasn't social media where you were filming it and putting videos on. So we could do stupid stuff. You might have a picture, but you ain't got no video. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I could at least tell you that was Photoshopped. Now you're on video. You ain't really got no excuse. But we can't mm-hmm. judge that generation for doing, honestly, the same stuff, just yeah, in different just ways. In different ways, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The word says there's nothing new under, under the sun. sun. Nothing so, at all. Yeah. Nothing at all. This is a great topic. I I want to tackle it next time because it's getting, time is winding up. But the next time we come back, I definitely want to tackle um, the generational stereotypes more in depth in Christ yes. when it comes to our assignment. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who, if they knew it was okay to pursue the things that God had on their heart, they would jump. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are waiting on that approval. Um, a lot of people... Um, don't go for the things because they feel like they'll be forsaken mm. by their family. But the Bible even tells us that, like, when your mother and father forsake you, I'll be there with you. Mm-hmm. So that that's a deeper, like, topic and something that I definitely want to touch on again. And maybe we can find somebody else to come on here with us. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah get some get some fresh. Yeah. Because I'm telling ideas. you, man, it'd be the trailblazers <laughs> that, like, actually make a difference in the, in the world. And, and those mm-hmm. are the ones that honestly set the trends. It's mm-hmm. always the person that dared to do something different, that dared to break the generational stereotypes. So yeah, and last thing I'll say before we before we hop off is, I've always felt like what you called a trailblazer, just in how I act and mm-hmm. even my my taste and my interest in things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always felt like God gave me different interests because mm-hmm. I would change the world, mm-hmm. because I would be the one to do what was different, and regardless of the hurt I've been through, um, and just being different or neglected or not understood. I know that um, he's equipped me with the tools necessary to to carry the carry mm-hmm. through the finish line, mm-hmm. you know, and being different and paving the way for for those to come after me. So, mm-hmm. um, and and one other thing too, what you said about just being rooted in Christ, uh, for those of you listening who have been you know neglected um, in certain ways based on just decisions you've made or you know even things that you tried to do. Um, one of the things that uh, has helped me to heal in that department is just knowing who I am in Christ and always going back to who he says I am. Um, even if others didn't approve of me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always went back to who God said I was. And and that's what really matters at the end of the day. If somebody doesn't accept you for who you are um, or, or just doesn't understand you, he accepts you, he's chosen you, mm-hmm. and he knows the amount of hairs on your head. Mm-hmm. That's how much he knows about you. So um, doesn't say the, doesn't mean the stereotypes are, are right, mm-hmm. but um, when you are hit with those things, they can be damaging and traumatizing. Um, but always remember that Christ is the one who has a final say on who you are. Mm-hmm. So That's right, because he's the one that made you. Well, this episode is coming to an end, but we would not be the huddle if we didn't give you strategy. Strategy on how to continue to introduce yourself. 
Maybe someone has tried to label you. Maybe someone has even gone and gotten so bold to try to name you. But you have the power. God has given you the power to introduce yourself. You are who God says you are. And so in order to introduce yourself, you need strategy. And that's why we call this the hub. I think, honestly, bro, number one is always going to be pray. Absolutely. Like, wow, I'm glad you <laughs> I don't even know why I keep numbering it. Like, yeah. it's it's pray. We're, that's number one is pray. Step one. I told you, Nehemiah got his assignment. He prayed about it. God gave him favor. It was still hard, but he still prayed through the entire assignment. Pray. Check out Nehemiah, actually. Um, Nehemiah 1. Read from there. It's a really, really good story. I encourage everybody to read it. Um, number two, I had um, find, not necessarily find, but seek after your assignment. What is it that God is calling me to do? Not even the assignment, but your personality. Who has God called me to be? Do I have to yell? Do I have to be angry like everyone was before me? Do I have to act in a way that people believe I should act based on the color of my skin, based on the neighborhood that I grew up, based on the job that I work? You know, who am I? Seek God for your personality. Number three, I would say be quiet and listen. A lot of times we pray and we hang right up on God. We pray after we've already made a decision. That's why I say pray first, seek, and then be quiet. Because if you be quiet, God will surely direct your path. He will surely give you the wisdom. He will give you the instructions on who you are and what is for you. Whether that's an assignment, whether that's people, whether that's family. But make sure that you're quiet. Make sure that you're listening. Do you have any other strategy? That's about it, man. Actually, stop putting people in boxes. That's it. <clears throat> stop putting people in boxes. Yeah, because maybe you're listening and you are guilty of it. It's okay because you don't know what you don't know. But now you know. So now that you know, stop putting people in boxes. Um, that's about it. That's all I have for the huddle. We're certainly going to touch on this topic again. It's, it's, it's very important. And I don't think that people understand sometimes the stereotypes that they're walking in mm -hmm. not necessarily knowing that this really isn't who they are and it doesn't have to be this way so i want to go into pray and um we'll end this topic okay. lord we just thank you for this topic once again we thank you for this platform we ask that you anoint those who are listening to this give them the power give them the wisdom to seek your face give them the boldness and the courage to go after the things that you've called them to to be who you've called them to be Lord God, give them the grace and the strength to introduce themselves. Maybe they have to introduce themselves to their family. Maybe they have to introduce themselves on the job. Maybe they have to introduce themselves to themselves. Maybe this is a time in this quarantine where you're going to really speak to them and give them instruction on who you've called to be. Maybe there's someone who's living or listening to this and they've been operating out of a stereotype and they don't even know. God, I'm asking that you comfort them. God, I'm asking that you give them wisdom, Lord God, to seek your face in the courage and the boldness to be obedient to the things that you've said. Until we meet again, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.